0: Hello and welcome back, West Bank Bible Church podcast. Dave and Pastor Merritt here. Today we'll be on chapter eleven. Correction: We will be on lesson eleven. Actually, be on chapter one, verse eighteen. And you can follow along in the outline. We've so far we've looked through uh, verses one through seventeen. This will be the last lesson in chapter one. Uh, but before we begin, as is our custom, let's remember first John 1 9, as may or may not be necessary.
1: Father, thank you for the first John 1 9, and how if we name our sin, you're faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And thus we can be taught by God, the Holy Spirit. So, David, the Spirit's ready? Are you ready? Let's do it. All right,
0: we will be, if you're following along in the outline, or with the outline, we'll be about the middle of page two, where it's time for the boys to receive their examination We'll look at Daniel 118, first in the KJV. Now at the end of the days that the king had said he should bring them in, then the prince of the eunuchs brought them in before Nebuchadnezzar. And the NIV reads as, at the end of the time set by the king to bring them in, the chief official presented them to Nebuchadnezzar. Point one, three years have elapsed between verses 17 and 18. During these years, the boys had learned not only the language, but the various sciences of the Chaldeans. They had been thoroughly trained to assume their positions within the administration of the Chaldean Empire. The time had come for their final examination, an oral exam before the great king Nebuchadnezzar and his staff. Verse 19 from the KJV. And the king communed with them, and among them all was found none like Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Therefore stood they before the king. And then the NIV. The king talked with them, and he found none equal to Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. So they entered the king's service. Point one. The word for communed in the KJV is the very common davar in the peel imperfect. This tells us the oral examination was continuous and intense. King Nebuchadnezzar and his staff grilled the boys probably individually. The king more than likely headed up an examination committee of educators who also together with the king would have fired questions at each boy not only to see what they knew, but to see how they held up under pressure. That they boys, or that the boys, passed is an understatement. They passed with flying colors. Let me give you Colonel Theme's translation of the verse. And the king gave them an intensified examination, and among them all, none were like Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Therefore, they were given positions in the Chaldean administration. Let's take a look at verse 20, and I turn it over to Pastor Merrick.
1: Okay, David, we'll see now what the boys did. Daniel 9:20. First, the KJV of verse 20. And in all matters of wisdom and understanding that the king inquired of them, he found them ten times better than all the magicians and astrologers that were in his realm. Now the NIV, in every matter of wisdom and understanding about which the king questioned them, he found them ten times better than all the magicians and enchanters in his whole kingdom. All right, let's take a look at a couple of summary points. Point one, Babylon was well known for having pushed the envelope of learning to new heights. The Hanging Gardens, for example, one of the great wonders of the world, had been engineered and built For a wife of Nebuchadnezzar, it was a feat of brilliance. Chaldea was known for its advances in engineering, math, astronomy, and military science. But Daniel and his friend demonstrated capabilities above and beyond Not only their peers, but they even surprised the wise men already assigned to the king's staff. Those on the examination committee no doubt were a little embarrassed that here were four boys as wise as their teachers and wiser than the king's existing staff. They were not just wiser, but they were ten times wiser than the experts in the king's cabinet. Daniel was promoted immediately to a staff position. He was given a position of responsibility very early in life. From there he will advance rapidly to the number three man in the kingdom as we're going to see later. Daniel was to say the least most precocious. Not only was Daniel a prodigy, but so also were the other three boys. All four were advanced beyond their years. Now, excuse me. Now let's see what Daniel 121 as to say and Daniel continued even unto the first year of King Cyrus NIV and Daniel remained there until the first year of King Cyrus Cyrus was the king of Persia and they were actually later cancer excuse me Conser. I'll get it right in a minute, David. Conquer (laughs) Nebuchadnezzar's forces. All right, a summary point or two about that 21st verse. Daniel will remain as either a coveted advisor or the third man in charge until the year B.C. 536 when Cyrus the Great solidified his rulership over the Medo-Persian Empire. It was Cyrus who in B.C. 536 will authorize a return of many Jews to the land to rebuild the temple. It can be assumed that Daniel may very well have had a strong hand together with Zerubbabel, in getting Cyrus the Great to grant permission to rebuild the temple. Daniel had started out as a teenager in a foreign land. He grew in wisdom and in strength, truly a man blessed of God, and a man who influenced the king of the Chaldea, the kings of the Medes, and the kings of the Persians. Daniel, in his first year of Cyrus, would have been approximately, wow, 85 years old. Let's see what we learned in Daniel chapter 1. Summary points. God
0: disciplines both individuals and nations, Hebrews 12, 6, because the Lord disciplines those he loves, and he punishes everyone he accepts as a son. Daniel, verse 1 and 2, chapter 1. In the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem and besieged it. And the Lord delivered Jehochim, king of Judah, into his hand, along with some of the articles from the temple of God. These he carried off to the temple of his God in Babylonia and put in the treasure house of his God. Hosea 4.6 My people are destroyed from lack of knowledge. Because you have rejected knowledge, I also reject you as my priest's. Because you have ignored the law of your God, I will also ignore your children. Religion seeks to obscure the truth. In Daniel 1.7, Ashpenaz gave the four boys new names. To Daniel, Belshazzar, meaning Bel's prince, chief of the Babylonian gods. To Hananiah, Shadrach, meaning illuminated by the sun god. To Mishael, Meshach, meaning who and is Ishtar, or Venus goddess of love and pleasure. And to Azariah, Abednego, meaning the servant or slave of Nebo, god of wisdom and education. Divine viewpoint from doctrine in the soul results in right living. Daniel 1 8. But Daniel resolved not to defile himself with the royal food and wine, and he asked the chief official for permission not to defile himself this way. Romans 12.2 Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Proverbs 23, 7. For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. Eat and drink, saith he to thee, but his heart is not with thee. World leaders tend to be insecure and frightened in Daniel 1:10, 10. But the official told Daniel, I am afraid of my Lord, the King, who has assigned your food and drink why should he see you looking worse than the other young men your age? The king would then have my head because of you. A student with doctrine in the soul is a better classroom student even in public school. Daniel 17 through 19. To these four young men, God gave knowledge and understanding of all kinds of literature and learning and Daniel could understand visions and dreams of all kinds. At the end of the time set by the king to bring them in, the chief official presented them to Nebuchadnezzar. The king talked with him, and he found none equal to Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, so they entered the king's service. God blesses those who put the word first. Romans 8.31 what, then, shall we say in response to this? If God is for us, who can be against us? Deuteronomy 11, 26 and 27. I am setting before you today a blessing and a curse. The blessing, if you obey the commands of the Lord, your God, that I am giving you today. God uses prepared people. In Daniel 1.20, in every manner of wisdom and understanding about which the kings questioned them, he found them 10 times better than all the magicians and the the enchanters in his whole kingdom. And then God honors faithfulness. Verse 21, and Daniel remained there until the first year of King Cyrus. Psalms 18.25, to the faithful, you will show yourself faithful. To the blameless, you will show yourself blameless. Verses 25-10. All the ways of the Lord are loving and faithful for those who keep the demands of his covenant. And Psalms 31-23 and 28. Love the Lord, all his saints. The Lord preserves the faithful, but the proud he pays back in full. For the Lord loves the just and will not forsake his faithful ones. They will be protected forever, but the offspring of the wicked will be cut off. Proverbs 2, eight, For he guards the course of the just and protects the way of his faithful ones. God
1: never leaves himself without a witness. Notice Daniel 1.20 and 21. For every matter of wisdom and understanding about which the king questioned them, he found them ten times better than all the magicians and enchanters in his whole kingdom. And Daniel remained there until the first year of King Cyrus. A soul full of doctrine is the basis or resisting brainwashing. Now we are ready for Daniel chapter 2. First, let me tell you what we are going to see in this chapter 2. Firstly, chapter 2 chronolog- chronologically follows chapter 1. How about that, David? That makes sense, doesn't it? Yes, sir. After Daniel passes his exam, he takes his place among the prophets and soothsayers on the staff of Nebuchadnezzar, though verse 1 of chapter 2 begins, in the second year of the reign of Nebuchadnezzar, it is really, by the way, the third year, we know this, not because we're prescient, but we know this because Daniel, were captured, was captured in the first year of the king, and he was trained for three years. We also know from history that a Babylonian king, or a, his first year, did much. fact, it did not count in computing the tenure, thus sometime after the third year of Daniel's captivity, and that would be 603. Then Nebuchadnezzar gets a disturbing dream, actually more than one, but one in particular has him very upset. It would seem the king had forgotten just what he had dreamed, but feels very disturbed over the forgotten dream. Historians tell us it was considered bad luck at that time and a black omen in the Babylonian culture to forget a dream. King Nebuchadnezzar follows in his brain trust and asks them to tell him the meaning of his dream. They're not going to be able to do it, David. Mm -hmm. So he calls in the brain trust and they fail. The brain trust is astounded. The king would ask For someone to not only tell the meaning of the dream, but first tell what the dream was. As we used to say, it's nothing for a stepper to do the easy, but they were asked to do the easy and the tough. That the wise men of the land cannot tell the king what he dreamed and thus they are unable to tell him its meaning, makes the king very angry. So he orders he orders all wise men, uh-oh, which would include Daniel, to be executed and their homes destroyed. At this point in his reign, Nebuchadnezzar is very powerful. Having just conquered the world, he is not worried about what the cabinet thinks. Now, this won't always be true. Later, he will pronounce a death sentence on Daniel because he caters to his staff. Daniel, being the rookie wise man, was apparently not summoned into the king's presence. Daniel does, however, soon hear from the pending execution of all wise men. There was probably the talk of the castle, wasn't it, David? You had to be. And this would include Daniel and his friend. In fact, all of his friends, his buddies. He needs help. Daniel consults the executioner and asks permission to take a shot at interpreting the dream. Nebuchadnezzar consents after visiting briefly with Daniel. He and the boys, here's the power, David. The boys hold a prayer meeting, and God responds by telling Daniel the dream and its meaning. Daniel then tells the king he has a large stature with a head of gold. Its arms and chest were made of silver. Its waist and thighs were made of bronze, and his legs were made of iron, and his feet partly of iron and partly of clay. All these have a meaning, and if they go back to our website, you'll find a chart, and it will show the meaning of each of the parts of the statue. Daniel then tells the king that the statue represents that will happen, or that which is going to happen in the future. Especially, he tells Nebuchadnezzar, the statue represents future kingdoms to come after him. Though Daniel points out, the head of gold represents Nebuchadnezzar's Babylonian empire. So when he says, "Will come after him," the antecedent of him is Nebuchadnezzar. Excuse me, Nebuchadnezzar. So the head then is Babylon, to be followed by three subsequent world empires. From hindsight, and other scriptures, we know the following. This is quite a prediction, David. Mm -hmm. The head is Babylon, and it happened. The arms and chest represent the Medo-Persian Empire, and that happened. The waist and thighs represent the Grecian Empire, and that happened. The legs of iron represent the Roman Empire, and that happened. And the feet made of part iron and part clay represent the revived Roman Empire, which will happen in eschatology. Now, one last comment about the coming empires. Notice how gold, to silver, to bronze, to iron, to clay represent a development rather than an evolution. Mm-hmm. Each of the successive empires move down the scale, not only in terms of the intrinsic value of the metal, but also there is a devolution with reference to the gravity scale. The book of Daniel is a tribute to the grace of God, for it demonstrates God's faithfulness in advancing prepared believers, and I would emphasize prepared. Daniel and his three friends were stabilized from Bible doctrine in their souls, and thus able to not only survive loss of family, friends, and country, but because of their spiritual maturity, they themselves were prosperous. These boys, unlike their troubled king, were able to maintain inner peace and happiness. Though under tremendous pressure, the boys had successfully resisted Babylon's brainwashing attempts. The boys were placed in Nebuchadnezzar's state department just in time to encounter and solve what was a royal crisis. Now I think we're ready to see later what principles we learn from verse one of chapter two and right there
0: is where we are going to begin next week on page right at the top of page nine from lesson 11 and we will start chapter two next sunday we enjoyed being with you again we thank you for being here too if there's anyone out there within the sound of our voice, we appreciate you being here. Pastor Merrick.
1: Yes, sir. You got something for us in closing? You betcha. Father, we do thank you for this wonderful example. This man called Daniel, well, actually Daniel, Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego, As uh, people we should follow, follow the Lord to the high ground, taking in the word consistently in order that we might glorify your name, the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, the maker of heaven and earth, the ruler of all things and people. And we ask a very special blessing upon, uh, well, upon all the sick, but particularly Leslie. And uh, the uh, consistency in our podcast give us the strength to do it. David, it's all yours. Anyone out
0: there without Jesus Christ and their Lord and Savior, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Until next time, so long.